for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks. I so appreciate this opportunity. I told Pastor Jim, I don't, you know, I'm not looking for a place, but I'll do whatever you ask me to do. He said, good, I want you to preach. So there we go. Now, uh, I do want to just mention, because I have some experience in pastoring, as you will listen to the different pastors, don't get stuck on the style. Some people are going to like my, my run and gun or whatever it is I do better or whatever, but don't get, just listen to the word. Hopefully, you're going to learn something tonight. Hopefully, something's going to change your life. But I did hear a story about Pastor Jim that I have to tell. Now, you know, he's, he's, he's been very transparent about his, his, his young childhood, and he didn't really grow up on the right side of the tracks. And I understand he went to, uh, to uh, church the first time with Brother Leonard at the little Baptist church down the street. And, he, and, and Brother Leonard said, now, don't worry, Pastor Jim. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through it. So, you know, the, the, the service starts, and the guy in the front goes like this. And so Leonard looks over at Pastor Jim and says, well, that means stand up. Well, when they got done singing, the guy did this. Pastor Leonard looked over and said, that means sit down. So as the service went on, the pastor got up to preach, and he loosened his watch. And he laid it up here, and Pastor Leonard leaned over and said, that don't mean a thing. <laughs> Tonight, lessons from the boat. Lessons from the boat. Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bible. Mark chapter 4, I have 11 points. I'm not joking. So I'll talk fast, you listen fast, and let's see if we can get this thing wrapped up by 8 o'clock. All right? Hallelujah. This is a familiar story. It's in three of the four Gospels. Let's read the text in Mark chapter 4. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say hold on. All right? It's uh, uh, verse 35. Verse 35 says, that day, I'm reading from the NIV, that day when evening came, he said to his disciple, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, he took them along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? What's really neat about the word of God is that we really can't, it's kind of like texting. Now, Kathy and I, we both uh, do counseling, and, 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 and more, more fights happen texting than any other form of communication because we can't see the emotion. We can't see the face. We can't see the reaction. We can't see anything. So it's really interesting as we read this, and, and, and I think God did this on purpose so he can let us preachers kind of fill in the blanks for y'all. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's have a little fun. You know, it says, uh, teacher, don't you, you know, so I imagine, you know, Pastor Peter came over and said, uh, uh, great reverend Jesus, uh, don't you care that we drowned? <laughs> Probably not. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to, he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and he said, quiet, be still. And again, we don't know how Jesus said that. He could have just, you know, because he's all authority, he could have whispered it or he could have shouted it or he could have spoke it. The wind and, the, and, the, and then the wind died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are, you, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey. Slide over to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. When you get there, say, I'm there. There's one. 
Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read all three of these real quick because I want to make a point real quick. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 23. Are you there? Nope, that's not right. Matthew chapter 8, what am I looking at? Yeah, it is verse 23. Then he got into the boat and, and his disciples followed. Without warning, a furious squall came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obeyed him. All right, Luke, Luke chapter 8. Real quick, and then we'll go back and spend the rest of the time in Mark chapter 4. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. Say, great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith, he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. All right, slide back to Mark chapter 4. Park there, we'll do the rest of the thing. Lesson number one, there's 11 lessons I'm going to give you. Notice how each of these gospel accounts are just slightly different. So lesson number one, how you see your situation will affect how you react to your situation. Come on, somebody. How you see your, you remember the past experience will affect how you're going to handle what you're in the middle of. You remember when David went out and he was just taking some vittles out to his brothers and, and he saw Goliath making fun of, 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 the, of the children of Israel. And David said, I'll go fight him. And Saul says, you can't fight him. He said, well, you, you, yeah, what happened was is there was a bear and the bear came and took the sheep and I went and grabbed the bear by the scruff of the neck and I yanked that sheep out of his mouth. And then there was a lion, and this lion, this ferocious lion, I mean, he must have been 300 pounds, came and he grabbed one of my sheep. Well, he's not going to get one of my sheep. I went and jumped him, and I grabbed him by the back of the neck, and I pulled that sheep out, and I said, don't you do that again. How you see your circumstance, how you, how you experience your circumstance is going to affect what you're in the middle of today. That's why you need to read the Word of God. That's why you need to read faith books. Here's what I know. If I get diagnosed with cancer, I don't want to go have somebody who don't believe in healing pray for me. I'm going to find the rowdiest, um, absolute nuttiest uh, uh, Pastor Leonard I can find and say, man, pray the prayer of faith. Come on, somebody. You know, God allows us to go through these circumstances in life, and we go over these little humps because the humps keep getting bigger. And what he does is he prepares you for the next big hump. Now, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but there's been a time or two where I say, God, that was bigger than I saw coming. Come on, somebody. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were standing in front of the fiery furnace. I love these first three Pentecostals. I'll do that sermon sometime. But listen to what they said. They said, oh, king, you know the story, right? They heated up the furnace seven times hotter than ever before. It was so hot that even the guards died of the heat. And they said to the king, oh, king, we don't need to defend ourselves in this. Our God will deliver us. Well, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty amazing. Come on, somebody. But it's based on what they experienced before. So how you experience life is going to affect how you see your current situation. Come on, somebody. 
David in Psalm 37, he said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children begging bread. How you see your challenge in the face of how you see your God will affect how you react. Somebody say, say that again. I'll turn it around. How you see your God in the face of how you see your challenge will affect the outcome. Amen? Lesson number two, when God speaks, take him at his work. Verse 35 in chapter 4. Whoop. Back one. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, isn't it interesting when God gives us a word, we like to uh, qualify it or we like to change it. Now, did he say, let's go over to the other side or let's try to go to the other side or let's start going to the other side? See, what happens is, is that we start looking at the circumstances of what's happening while we're walking out the will of God. And when God gives you a word, you hang on to that word. You hold on to that word because you're never going to get through the storms of life if you don't hang on to what God first said. Now, look at what this text says. The first thing he said is, let's go to the other side. Somebody say, we're going. And that's what that was the word of God for this group. Let us go to the other side. He said, he said, you remember in Genesis, he said, and it became life. He said, and it became water. He said, and it became animals. This is the king of glory. This is the king of kings. This is the creator of all things. And he said, let us, and meaning that nobody's drowning on the way, let us go to the other side. The first sin resulted from questioning God's word. Remember that? Did God really say? Can you imagine Peter and, and, and maybe John? What was it Jesus said? He should get in the boat. No, I don't think that's what he said. Well, I'm pretty sure he said row. No, that's not what he said either. He said, let us go to the other side. Yes? Romans 10 and 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Number three, oftentimes when God gives you a word, obeying it requires leaving things behind. Somebody say, good. That's good. Yeah, verse 36, leaving the crowd behind. Going places you've never gone before. Looking at things you've never seen before. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul says, Brothers, not, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And what do we do? We get a word from God. We start walking it out. We get a little roadblock in our way. We go, must have missed God. Is this ministering to anybody tonight? You hear what I'm saying? I mean, we're so skittish, right? Jesus said, let us go to the other side. I don't know how we're going to get there. I mean, he can just pick the boat up and fly over there if that's what he wants to do. Come on, somebody. But he said, let us go to the other side. Peter and Andrew, sometimes going where God needs you to go means you need to leave something behind. Come on, somebody. This first rule of addiction, you got to change your play things, play places, and play people. Did I get it right? And that's the first thing you know. Sometimes you got to leave it behind. And, and Christian, can I talk to you just a minute? I've been saved a long time. I still got stuff that I need to leave behind. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Peter and Andrew, they were fishermen. They needed to leave that behind. Matthew was a tax collector. Didn't he need to leave that behind? Number four, see, I'm moving fast. When God gives you a word, you can expect the devil to oppose you. 
Huh? Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious, say furious. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. When God gives you word, you can expect the devil to oppose you. Uh, some of the great Old Testament saints, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to, any, I don't, I don't want to be any a part of that. Remember Joseph. Joseph got a great dream. He got a great promise. He got a word from the Lord. And can I tell you that what happened in his life subsequent to that didn't look like he heard from God? Come on, somebody. A lot of times following God makes you a very lonely person. You're out there all by yourself. And, and, and all I know is God, all I know is he said, let's go to the other side. I don't know all this stuff about the storm. I don't know. The, there's a foot of water in the boat. In the, and I don't, you know, he didn't say bail. He didn't say, you know, abandoned ship. He, didn't, he said, let's go to the other side. And when you have a word from the Lord and you leave things behind, you can expect opposition. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that I, if you've lived any life at all, it, it probably hasn't worked out the way that you anticipated? I remember, uh, for those of you who don't know, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, uh, both Miss Kathy and I were widowed. We got together. We've been married 10 years, January 25th. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what was I talking about? Yeah, that's something like that. <laughs> Oh, I know what it was. She, was, she, would, she would ask when we were dating. She was asked, she's asked, she would ask, what's the vision? What's the vision? What's the vision? I said, I'm going to hang on and follow God. She didn't like that. She wanted a little more specificity. Come on, somebody. It never works out the way that specificity. Yeah. I have a rule that you can't say any words you don't spell. And I can't spell it, so I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. What was I talking? David. David is another one. He got a word from the Lord, right? He was going to be king. And from there, it was all gravy. No, he had a mad king trying to kill him. He had his own son try to overthrow him. He had uh, temptation. He had, you all know the story. Come on, somebody. Just because you get a word from God doesn't mean it's smooth sailing, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, you know, it's kind of, uh, I wasn't laughing. I was I was laughing when, when he said something about, you know, standing in the way. Finally, we broke ground. We, we built a church in, in, in Kentucky. And finally, we broke ground. And I was so irritated waiting so long, I got Johnny Davidson. You don't have to know who that is. He's got one of these great big payloader thingies. And that's what we broke ground with. Well, you know, got to make a point, right? I just thought I'd spit in the devil's face while I was at it. Number five, if, you give, if God gives you a word, you listen and respond by faith. You leave things behind that you need to leave behind. And a storm rises. God is with you. And he's not panicked. Verse 38a. Verse 38. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. One of the greatest revelations I ever got in prayer, I was praying for a missionary one night whose son was making some uh, ill-advised choices, fill in the blank, all right? And we're just praying, just, just four of us, we're just praying. And all of a sudden, it occurred to me, God is not confused, and God is not surprised. He didn't wake up this morning and go, oh, my gosh, hey, Gabe, come here. Who was watching Bill? Come on, somebody. Ain't nobody watching Bill. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I mean, the reality of it is, 
Is it dry in here? I haven't preached for a long time, so this is actually harder than it looks. <laughs> Do I? Oh. There. What was I talking about? Oh, God is not going to. Yes, Jesus is asleep in the boat. Now, what was the word? Yeah, and we left things behind, and opposition comes, and Jesus is asleep. Kind of reminds me of the story the one time that uh, Jim uh, skipped church and, and went golfing on a Sunday morning. And uh, Jesus said to God, he said, watch this. So he, he pulls up to a par three. I'm not a golfer. This is going to be tough. Uh, 210 yards? Okay. Uh, and, and Jim, because he doesn't know any better, you know, he took out his pitching wedge. And he hit it just as hard as he could hit it in a hole in one. God, and, 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 and God said, why'd you do that? And Jesus said, who's he going to tell? <laughs> Never mind. Hallelujah. If God gives you a word, you listen and respond by faith. Leave the things behind that need to be left behind. Storm rises. God's with you, and he's not panicked. He was in the boat. He was not panicked. He was asleep. Yep, but he was still in control. We serve a God that's even in control when he's asleep. Is that awesome or what? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Why was he not panicked? Because he's God. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the line of the tribe of Judah, the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. And he's omnipresent. Big words, which means he's everywhere, he's all-powerful, and he knows everything. He is God, and he's never going to change. Number six, if God gives you a word, you listen and respond by faith, you leave those things behind that need to be left behind, a storm rises, and you temporarily go brain dead and forget to recognize that God is with you, and he's not panicked, don't feel bad, you're in good company. Teacher. Don't you care if we drown? Luke records it this way. Master, master, we're going to drown. <laughs> that's, a that's a faith statement. Come on, somebody. Matthew, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. With Jesus in the boat? You're going to drown with Jesus in the boat? What's that look like? Jerusalem news. News flash. The king of glory dies drowning. Had they forgotten the, the, the whole fish story with uh, Jonah? What's his name? Come on, somebody. I said Jonah. What's his name? <laughs> Figure he's got a last name. Hallelujah. Rounding second, heading for third. Number seven, if God gives you a word, you listen and respond by faith, you leave it behind, and a storm rises, you, you, you momentarily forget God is with you, and he's not panicked. He will save you. Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. <laughs> I, I, just me, you know, I didn't get saved until 27. And, and, and I had a little conversation with God. I, I was a good sinner and I, I was having a ball. I really wasn't having a good time. And I said, God, if I can't have fun saved and why and i've had a ball but but i but but i love it when they when they don't really fill in the blanks for us there jesus stands up 
Okay, now, a uh, little test here. Leonard, tell me, how do you think he spoke to the wind and the waves? Just tell me. Jesus spoke to the wind and waves. When Jesus stood up and said, quiet, be still, what do you think his voice sounded like? Just, just emulate it. Just quiet, be still. All right. Glenn? Sarcastic. Well, it's really neat to see that because we don't know. But I know that with a whisper, God can split the eastern sky. With the, just a, 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 the breath of his nostrils, he can eliminate the enemy. Come on, somebody. And so he stands up and he says, quiet. Be still. Now, personally, I think he was irritated because I don't know how you are when you woke up from a nap. Like a puppy dog. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you what she did. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I think he was irritated myself. And I think he shouted just because he was irritated. And then I think he turned to him and said, what's wrong with you guys? Did you forget Ephesians 3.20? See, we all know the first part, but we don't know the second part. The first part, now, now to him is, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or hope for. According to his great power that is at work in you. How about this one? John 4, 4. Y'all know the first part, but you don't, well, actually, you know the second part, you don't know the first part. The second part is, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But the first part is, you've already overcome them. You've already overcome them. Turn to somebody and say, I've already overcome. Well, did you see my life? Well, quit looking at your life. Golly gee whiz. One thing I found out, now I'm not as old as some people here. I'm 62. But this getting old stuff is not fun. Come on, somebody. I'm not having any fun with it at all. But I've decided that I'm going to quit looking at what I've lost and keep, start focusing on what i got left. i got breath in my lungs. I think i got sense in my brain. i got a gorgeous wife. i got great kids. I love what I do. I work like a dog, and I love every minute of it. Come on, somebody. I'm getting off track. Get back to your notes. Hallelujah. Where was I? Number eight is <laughs> obvious. God is bigger than your problem. That's good preaching, Gary. You just keep going on, man. I'm going to say it again. God is bigger than your problem. You know, too many times we want to go to God and tell all about a problem. What, what are you telling him for? He already knows. Or if you're like me, I, so once in a while I say to God, just to be honest with you, like, <laughs> what? Well, yeah, I mean, like, he didn't know that? Come on, somebody. I didn't lose you yet, did I? God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever. God is faithful. God is available. His name is above every other name. His name is one at which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. The, knee, the, 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 the name of cancer has to bow to the name of Jesus. The name of diabetes has to bow to the name of Jesus. The, the, the name of depression, the name of anxiety, the name of whatever it is, has to bow to the name of Jesus. But we get so focused on our problem that we forget about Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, okay. 
where I pastored up in, in Kentucky, the whole county had 7,000 people, even smaller than Smith County. I moved to Smith County, it's got 20,000 people. Big county to me. They're kind of revival-minded. If you know anything about Kentucky, some of the greatest revivals came out of Kentucky. And they like revival preaching, and they like revival songs. Yeah? Here's one for you. It's called God is God. You ever heard it? He's God of the Hebrew children. He's God of Abraham. He's God in the fiery furnace, and he's God the great I am. I know God is God, and God don't ever change. I know God is God, and he always will be God. He's the God that healed my body. He's the God that saved my soul. He's the one that filled me with the Holy Ghost. He's the one that made me whole. I know God is God. And God don't ever change. I know God is God. There's eight verses. You want me to keep or stop? And then we go, what do you think about Jesus now? You say, he's all right. I say, what do you think about Jesus now? He's all right. Well, what do you think about Jesus now? He's all right. He's all right, all right, all right. Come on. What are y'all worried about? He said, let's go to the other side. Leave those things behind. Leave him behind. And they went to the other side. A storm comes up. Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Everybody panics. I know that uh, y'all more mature than that. And when you went to the doctor the last time, you just said, ah, no big deal. Jesus got that. <laughs> Number nine. So I'm going so fast, I'm going to end up early. If God gives you a word, you respond by faith, you leave things behind, and a storm rises, recognize that God has given you all you need to rebuke the, little, rebuke the storm. Verse 40, he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Why do you have no faith? Now, I've not done it, Pastor Jim, but we ought to just do a study of how many times he asked the boys that question. So if I deduce this correctly, and I don't think it takes a genius to even do that, that he's saying to the boys, why did you just why did you just rebuke the storm yourself? Well, what if I get up and rebuke it and it doesn't happen? Well, brother, I'd rather you stand up and speak that word of faith and not see it happen than to shrink back and 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 go. Not supposed to say suck your thumb from the pulpit. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. Hallelujah. Told you, I'm out of practice. New church. I moved the lantern so I didn't trip over them. <laughs> Mark chapter 11. Now let me just read it to you. Verse 22 and 23. I'm almost there. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Well, that's just a metaphor. Not so. Come on, somebody. Should I read it to you again? Have faith in God. It, 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 some of the translations has, has, has the, have the faith that God has given you. Can I do something real quick? I don't really have much time. Um, but in Hebrews, you all know the scripture that says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, do a word study on that. It's a great thing. Now faith, it's one Greek word. It's the faith you have right now. It's not like you have a faith, which is a faith system that I believe Jesus, you know, that he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died of a carious death. He was uh, resurrected. That's, that's, that's noun. That's a faith. 
but there's an active faith that happens in an instant when you need it. It's now faith. Is. It exists. The. Definite article. Substance. The word substance, if you look it up, is substrate or foundation. This is really good. So now faith, the faith you need right now, is the foundation, substance of things hoped for. Anytime you see hope in the Bible, it's not like, I hope we have spaghetti tonight. Come on, somebody. It's when your wife's told you we got spaghetti. You done seen it on the, uh, in, the, in the crock pot. You know the noodles were sitting out next to it. Now you hope you're having spaghetti. Now faith, right now, is the foundation, the substance of things hoped for, expectation. It's not a hope. It's an expectation, right? And the evidence of things not seen. So what happens, can I stand on this? Is that irreverent? Can I stand on that? Okay, then I won't. Can I stand on a chair? Okay. He's a hard man, I'm telling you. Told me I had to wear shoes tonight. All right. No, 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 follow this. No, no, yeah, I don't do silly things just to, just to be silly. I, I want to teach you something. Okay. My, I have now faith. Before I stood up here, I exercised my now faith. Okay, because in my foundation, in my substrate, this chair ought to be able to hold me. Understand? So when he says over and over and over, why do you have so little faith? I keep sticking that stuff in my, in my foundation. I read books on faith. I read books on healing. I read books on restoration. I read books. I read all the good stuff. I don't read about cessationism, which just means there's no more gifts of the Spirit. I don't read stuff about whatever. Come on, somebody. And I don't get into fights whether it's once saved, always saved, or always saved, never saved. I just stay saved. Then I don't have to worry about it. Come on, somebody. Why are we even arguing about that? Good night. Three things everybody needs. Just give me the first one. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Amen. Why do you have so little faith? Why didn't you just stand? I was taking a nap. Come on, somebody. You mean God was taking a nap? Yeah, God was taking a nap. Did you not read Genesis? He rested on the seventh day. What do you think he did? He took a nap. Kathy, help me. All right. Where was I? Number 10, fear is the opposite of faith. Faith cannot exist in an atmosphere of fear. Say it again. Faith cannot exist in an atmosphere of faith. Or fear. Faith cannot exist in an atmosphere of fear. And faith does not exist in an atmosphere of faith. Fear does not exist in an atmosphere of faith. Now, honestly, let, let's be real for a minute. I don't know that I would have stood up and rebuked it, you know. I mean, you all remember the story of Peter walking on the water. You know, he's the only one. They could have all got out of the boat and walked on water. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I don't know if I'm that guy. You know, I, I, I really don't. All I know is he keeps saying, why don't you just turn to the storm and tell it to knock it off? Number 11. Told you I'd get there. Whoo! Verse 41. They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this? 
Who is this? God gave you a promise. He's calling you to leave things behind. There will be storms. But God is with you. And he's not panicked. He will rescue you. He's bigger than your challenge. You have all you need to rebuke the storm. Walk in faith, not in fear. Because God is God, and God don't never change. I know God is God, and he always will be God. Father, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace, and I thank you for your simple word. I think sometimes, even in my own life, God, that you've given me a word, and I get too distracted by the, by the journey. And I lose focus or the sight of the word. And then I begin to qualify it. And I begin to change it. And I begin to whatever. Father, infuse faith in these people. Help them to realize that your great power is at work. That's what, that's what Ephesians 3.20 says. Your great power is at work in us. Overwhelm us with your love. Overwhelm us with your love. In counseling, everybody, if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes a second. In counseling, we do a thing called visualization. It's not new age. It's not weird. Athletes do it, highly competitive people do it. They have to visualize it before they actually do it. And what I want you to do just for a second, and, and we won't belabor, I got two minutes left. I want you to just picture being in the boat, standing in about eight inches of water, and just look over at Jesus and notice how peaceful he looks. Notice how he's resting. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear.